Greetings, fellow Federationists. Today is Monday, August 2nd, 2021, and this is presidential release number 507. What a fantastic 2021 virtual convention that we held in the National Federation of the Blind. You know, our first virtual convention exceeded all expectations, and um, that's because for some people there were none. It was our first virtual convention. But this year's convention, just so many elements, uh, the ones that were a repeat from last year, but also the new wrinkles, the new uh, meetings, the new approaches that were taken really came off with the kind of class that we have come to find in Federation meetings and with the spirit that has always marked a growing and strong organization. So congratulations to all of the Federationists and so many who helped make it so exciting and meaningful. Despite the convention and recovery for the convention, you know, there's so many other things going on during the convention and in the weeks after. We've been having our NFB Engineering Quotient program online. We've had our second Bell in-home edition. We got another one coming up this month. So many other activities happening across the Federation and so many of our chapters now starting to be in a position to have in-person meetings and figuring out how to do that. I'm looking forward to the end of our celebrating our Bell in-home edition, our three sessions this summer with our Bellabration later in the month of August. We've also noticed that the Olympics are going on and that's getting a lot of attention right now. But right here in Maryland, we had a, a Paralympian, Becca Myers, who uh, withdrew from the Paralympics because uh, uh, of her deaf blindness. She was denied the accommodations that she needed to uh, participate in the Paralympics outside of the athletic field. She's a swimmer. And uh, we released a statement in support and solidarity of Becca Myers and her rights to have the accommodations she needs to fully participate at the competitive level in swimming that she does. And I was pleased to have the opportunity to meet with her, actually uh, first at the governor's office here in Maryland, where the National Federation of the Blind spoke on the uh, anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act, but then here in our building the day after that. So, so many other things happening as we accelerate into the second half of 2021 in the organized blind movement. You may want to relive some of those convention moments, though, and you can find the highlights from the convention, the audio highlights uh, and other elements on our website. Go to nfb.org nfb21. Really easy, nfb.org slash nfb21 to find the audio highlights, the transcripts, and you will, of course, be looking forward to the August-September issue of the Braille Monitor, where uh, many of the presentations will be highlighted, and, uh, of course, the convention roundup, which uh, I know is a challenge for our editor to write every year because there's so much to say about the convention and 
And thank you to uh, the 6,000 plus Federation members who participated, registered for the convention and participated as registered participants. If you did participate in the convention, even if you didn't register, shame on you, you should still take an opportunity to fill out our 2021 National Convention Survey. You can find it online at uh, nfb.org slash nfb21, or you can fill out the convention survey using our relatively new telephone survey system. We pilot tested that this spring, and you can use it now for our post-convention survey. The number is 229-632-7878. So 229-632-7878 or nfb.org slash nfb21 to fill out our post-convention survey. Please do that soon so we can uh, collect some data on our 21 convention and start to get ready for our 22 convention, which uh, I'm sure will be here very much sooner than we expect, and we will be looking forward to being together in person. Meet the Blind Month is coming up uh, for now 20 years. October has been known as Meet the Blind Month in the National Federation of the Blind. Well, what's in a name? Well, in this case, we think maybe it's time for something new in the name. And so we'd like to collect ideas from Federation members about after 20 years, how we might rebrand our efforts during October to uh, express the hopes, dreams of blind people through our programs. You know, it's not just about public awareness. It's also about celebrating our history, our advancements as a civil rights movement, celebrating the uh, achievements of blind people as we go out and live the lives we want and sometimes take on extraordinary things. And the last couple releases ago, I guess it was the last release, we celebrated the anniversary of Eric Weinmayer's climbing Mount Everest. What do we want October to represent in our public awareness campaign. We need your ideas. What should the new name be? And this could be a great topic for discussion and consideration within our chapters over the next month or so. So while you discuss it, we need your ideas for a name by August 16th. So please send your ideas for how we might rebrand Meet the Blind Month in the National Federation of the Blind via email to communicationsteam at nfb.org, or as I like to say it, communicationsteam at nfb.org by August 16th with your ideas. Also, we should be planning for our public awareness events in October. I recognize that it may be difficult in some places to uh, do robust in-person events, but we should, we should think about um, how we continue to, to spread awareness about our organization. And now is the time to be thinking about getting the materials you might need from our independence market, whether it's our courtesy rules or what is the National Federation of the Blind brochure, alphabet cards, 
please send your request for literature uh, soon to Independence Market at nfb.org or call our main number here and talk with our Independence Market staff about uh, the literature you might need for our outreach activities in the month of October and beyond. Some more changes happening in the Federation. Traditionally, committees of the Federation, which are appointed by the president, are done on the calendar year. And in the last year, I have begun talking with our leaders about changing the committee appointments to go from September 1st through the end of August. And this is because, for the most part, our committees do work from convention to convention. So uh, I will be in the next month looking at reappointing committees and considering opportunities to get people more engaged in the work at the national level. We've created a new committee interest form. You know, the challenge always is uh, knowing who's out there and what they're interested in. And so we've created a form to help give me some better data about who might be interested in what committees and why members would be a good fit for the committee. You can go fill out the form at nfb.org slash committee interest, nfb.org slash committee interest, all one word. And uh, the form will ask you for some basic information. It will also ask you some demographics information, which is optional, but uh, I think it could be helpful to making sure that our committees represent the full range of diversity within the Federation. You can still email me at officeofthepresident at nfb.org. I'm probably still going to write back to you and ask you the questions that are on the form. And I would encourage our chapters, if people are interested in committees and uh, might have trouble uh, with the web to to help uh, our members uh, fill it out. Certainly being adept at using technology is not a requirement for all of our national committees. Although I will say that a lot of the committees do work via email. So I would encourage folks to help our members get connected with email if they can. But obviously, we want to engage all of our members to the extent we can. Now, having said all that, and you'll read this on the committee interest form, not everybody in the organization can serve on a national committee. And a lot of the work, the bulk of our work happens at the local level. So please, just because you don't get appointed to a national committee, there are endless opportunities to put your hands to work in a local chapter and in your affiliate, and that is equally as important. So don't just jump to the national stage. Recognize that the best work in the organization happens because it bubbles up from the local community. Now, this is the time of year that we um, start to plan for the year ahead, and one thing that's helpful in that process is having a calendar. And our partners at the American Action Fund for Blind Children and Adults are again offering Braille calendars for 2022. And I apologize, I meant to bring my calendar so I could show it off here on the live presidential release, but I don't have it. But it's a great little calendar. Uh, It's in Braille. Uh, Our Bell uh, in-home edition kids have been uh, using it to, to hone their 
braille skills, uh, you might want one too. In fact, you might want three. One for your desk, one to carry around. So you can get up to three of these braille calendars for free. You can request them from the American Action Fund. And you can do that in these ways. You can use the online form that you find at actionfund.org. You can send an email to actionfund at actionfund.org. Or you can call 410-659-9315. That's the number for the American Action Fund. And leave your information there with your calendar order. We do encourage you to take advantage of this great program from our partners at the American Action Fund and uh, another opportunity to show appreciation for the great work that the American Action Fund does to promote Braille literacy. When we were last together on the presidential release, I talked to you about Operation Quarter Sprint. This was our effort to get 25% of Congress to support our legislation, the Access Technology Affordability Act, and we came really close. So we're almost there. For H.R. 431, we have 105 co-sponsors in the House. We need 109 to get to 25%. In the Senate, S. 212 is up to 24 co-sponsors, just one away. So keep the pressure on as it relates to the Access Technology Affordability Act. Keep making those calls. Now this is breaking news uh, as of this evening. It hasn't been widely disseminated, so this is, I think, the first time it's really being promoted publicly that The Medical Device Non-Visual Accessibility Act has been introduced. It was actually introduced late last week, but the bill number didn't get assigned until very late in the week. It's H.R. 4853, 4853. And thank you to our Illinois affiliate for securing the support of Congresswoman Jan Schakowsky, our friend and colleague, to introduce this important legislation. This bill will authorize the FDA to initiate a rulemaking to require most medical devices with digital displays to be non-visually accessible. This is an important step in our work on medical device accessibility. In addition to ATAA, please contact your representative and urge them to co-sponsor this important new bill in the Congress. We will be working hard to get it introduced into the Senate as well. And we are continuing to promote the Transformation to Competitive and Integrated Employment Act. We are making great progress on H.R. 2373, which was introduced by Chairman Bobby Scott. This got a lot of conversation during our convention. We're up to 21 co-sponsors, but I know we can pick up a a lot more if we put the pressure on. This legislation has had broad support before. And uh, last month, we had a hearing on July 21st, where Anil Lewis, our executive director of Blindness Initiatives, 
testified about the need to eliminate unequal pay for people with disabilities. There still is a lot of misinformation and low expectations around pay for people with disabilities. And it is, it really speaks to the heart of the problem we face in terms of how society views blindness and disability as a true barrier to our success. But we know from our experience, we know from the work that we do, we know from our training centers that blindness is not the characteristic that defines us or our future. And this bill will speak directly to raising expectations for all people with disabilities. So keep the pressure on. Don't let Congress think we've gone to sleep on this issue, that we've given up. We haven't given up. We've been working at this since 1940, and I truly believe we will get this bill passed in this Congress. Even as we work on our advocacy, uh, the bills that we have currently in Congress, we're starting to work on the resolutions that were passed at the convention. And if you haven't had the opportunity to review those, I would encourage our chapters to share that information and talk about those resolutions. We've actually already had a hearing on uh, one of our resolutions related to issues of getting free matter through the United States Postal Service and getting it delivered in a timely fashion. We had a hearing on uh, July 13th where one of our members from Maryland testified before the Senate committee on appropriations, the subcommittee on financial services and general government, really powerful hearing to help educate members of Congress on this issue. And so that's just days after our convention, really putting the priorities of the organized blind movement immediately into action. During the convention, we talked a lot about our agreement with Amazon, and we are continuing to seek blind individuals who continue to face problems after getting hired by Amazon to work at an Amazon fulfillment center. Oftentimes, blind people are offered a job in the fulfillment center, and when they show up for their first day of work, they're put on mandatory unpaid leave while Amazon works out its processes to provide accommodations. We've talked with Amazon, we have an agreement, and we've agreed to share information about blind people who are facing these circumstances in local fulfillment centers with our national contacts at Amazon. So if you have been hired by Amazon and uh, after requesting accommodations have been put on unpaid leave, have faced discrimination in getting accommodations, please reach out to Valerie Yingling here at our national office. You can call our main number 410-659-9314 or send her an email at V-Y-I-N-G-L-I-N-G at nfb.org. Now, uh, I got a call today 
from a blind person who was having trouble because one of the apps that he uses to read the newspaper is no longer accessible. I said, well, it's really a problem. We should help you work on advocating with that newspaper, but you can access that newspaper through NFB Newsline. And in fact, that list of publications is growing. We have four new publications just in the last uh, month or so that we've added to Newsline. And I'm really excited. We've been adding more kids content to Newsline. I don't know if Oriana Riccobono's listening, but Newsline, NFB Newsline just added Animal Tales as one of our kids' publications. Also, J14, which is an abbreviation for the original title of the publication, Just for Teens. So two new publications for kids and for our business-minded members. A fast company has been added I'm sorry, don't mean to discriminate against the kids. Maybe they want to read Fast Company, too. I don't know. Uh, Also, Forbes, uh, another business magazine. I probably would have read that when I was 11. I don't know. So some great new publications coming to Newsline. And if you have a publication you would like us to add, NFB Newsline is powered by what blind people want it to be. So please continue to put your voice in and we may ask you to reach out to some of those publications and encourage them to work with us to get on the NFB Newsline system. During our convention, we talked extensively about our work on safety and support and to improve and strengthen our organization's code of conduct. On July 24, just a week or so ago, Our national board released a communication to the Federation discussing its approach to the code of conduct, especially how it has dealt with issues related to the Federation's Constitution and what the Constitution calls for in terms of monitoring and providing sanctions to the behavior of members and leaders in the organization. I call your attention to that July statement. I think we'll probably be putting it into the August-September Braille Monitor. It is on our website. One of the things we are doing as a board is gathering information about the topic of monitoring the behavior of members and providing sanctions when we find that people have violated our code of conduct and how to evolve our constitution to match our expectations going forward. The National Board would like to receive your information by September 1st of this year, if possible. We will continue, of course, to receive information and look at it, but we're trying to get information in the next month or so. But if it's after September 1st, don't worry about it. The board is interested in your thoughts and opinions on this topic, and I know we'll be discussing it well into the fall and as we get closer to next year's convention, but the board is studying this closely right now. We've created a new email address, boardofdirectors at nfb.org. You can write to that. If you would like to call, you can leave a message 
at our main number, 410-659-9314 and dial extension 2263 to leave a message for the board of directors of the Federation. We are continuing to look at the data that we have gotten from RAIN, from our survivor-led task force, from the Federation Special Committee, and we'll be working on adopting a revised code of conduct and procedures as we get into the fall. Our special committee will be delivering its final report to the Federation. We expect sometime in the middle of the fall, hopefully before the Federation's fall board meeting, which will happen in early December. The board of directors previously announced that we would be accepting any code of conduct reports of misconduct without respect to when they happened in the Federation. We announced that in February and we said we would revisit that decision on August 1st. Before August 1st, we actually announced that the board is extending that provision of receiving all code of conduct reports, uh, reports of misconduct, especially sexual misconduct and abuse that people would like to make without respect to when it might have happened, the board will receive those and uh, investigate those through December 31st of this year. We expect that on January 1, 2022, we will implement a new policy based on revisions to the code of conduct, which the board will be reviewing and adopting in the next three months or so. Also, our special committee, which as I say, is getting ready to offer a final report to the board of directors. It released to the board an interim report in June, which the board of directors elected to make publicly available to the Federation on our website in late June, and that is available in a PDF format and also an MP3 audio on our website. The special committee is working on wrapping up its work and will be sunsetting its work later this year. So if you think you have information that would be helpful to the special committee in looking at allegations of misconduct within the Federation or the response to that misconduct from the past, the special committee asks that you reach out to it by September 1st, 2021. To do that, you should reach out to Gene Lewis, and you can email Gene Lewis at jlewis, J-L-E-W-I-S, at K-G- dash law.com. J-L-E-W-I-S at K-G dash L-A-W dot com. Please reach out with information you feel would be helpful to our special committee by September 1st. It's going to wrap up its work in the coming months and present the board of directors with a report so the board can finish its uh, review in uh, helping to make sure our organization is as strong and safe as possible going forward. 
Now, I'd like to welcome to our pre-authorized check program a number of new chapters in the Federation, and I want to extend my appreciation to all Federation members who participated in increasing or getting on the PAC plan in the month of July during our convention. We did a great job. Specifically, I'd like to welcome from the NFB of California, our at-large chapter to the PAC plan, our national organization of parents of blind children, from the NFB of Texas, our Fort Worth chapter. Thank you to all of you for becoming the newest contributing chapters and divisions to the PAC plan. Also, uh, Scott Labar of Colorado and Ryan Strunk of Minnesota, the Pac-Men, they like to call themselves, would like to share how proud they are of the Federation family for the tremendous work that was done to advance the fund during the convention. They say that we came into the National Convention collecting on a monthly basis $40,876.79 a month. And leaving the convention, at the end of convention, we had commitments of $43,165.45 a month on the PAC plan. If we maintain that number for a year, that would be $517,985.40. That's really tremendous growth in the program. And I know we celebrated it many times during the convention that our PAC plan contributions grew during the pandemic. They didn't shrink. And so it's really because of the generosity of Federation members that we've continued to move forward and be stronger together as an organization, even through very tough times in the last 18 months. Congratulations also go out, it pains me to say it, to the NFB of Colorado, which did the most activity on the PAC plan during the convention, and thus they were awarded Ryan the Pack Rat. And uh, congratulations also go to the NFB of Vermont, which increased its uh, monthly contribution by the highest percentage on the PAC plan. And so they won Parade the Pachyderm. I don't have the little, you know, props to show off like Scott Labar did in his basement during the convention. And congratulations to the NFB Seniors Division for conducting the most PAC activity during the convention by one of our national divisions. They were awarded and will be receiving Scott the Pack Mule. We had a lot of fun with PAC during the convention, but in all seriousness, these dollars are discretionary dollars that allow us to do the things that we do when problems come up, when we need to file lawsuits, when we need to help parents get their children back, when we need to push hard on Congress. These dollars are critical in that. So if you can do uh, more 
uh, to contribute to our PAC program. If you missed it during the convention and have now decided you want to get on the PAC plan, you can still do that any time of year. Go to nfb.org slash PAC. You'll find our new online form, which was very popular during the convention. It works great. I used it myself. You can also call 877-NFB-2-PAC. That's 877-632-2722. And you can leave a voicemail and one of our PAC team members will get back to you. Or you can send us an email at pac at nfb.org. Let us know you want to contribute and how to reach you, and one of our staff will reach out to you. During the convention, we also talked about our Dream Maker Circle, and I want to remind you that it's never too late to contribute by making a commitment to be part of our Dream Maker Circle. There's so many ways you can do it. You can put us in a will. You can list us on a bank account. You can list us in an insurance policy. Patty Chang, who's actually here in the audience this evening, so welcome, Patty. Uh, (laughs) She'll be happy to talk to you. Even if she's not close to where you are, you can call her at extension 2422, or you can email her at pchang at nfb.org. She will talk you through the process of uh, getting to be part of the Dream Maker Circle, and uh, I think uh, you'll find that it's easier than you might have thought. Before we get to other business this evening, I do have some Federation family news to share with you. I regret to inform you that Pam Allen lets us know that Nicole Nikki Swallow of Louisiana passed away on July 13. Nikki led a life of service uh, to her community and her church, and she will be greatly missed. Sean Calloway of the District of Columbia regrets to inform us of the passing of Starshima White, In July, Starshima was a big loss to our D.C. affiliate. Uh, She was a big personality there. She was only 41 years old. I'd encourage you to keep these Federation members and ones I may not have known about in your thoughts and prayers. Now, we do have some good Federation family news to share here at the end of this release. Norma Crosby of Texas, who was uh, elected to be secretary of the National Federation of the Blind during our convention, reports the birth of the newest member of the NFB of Texas. This is Daniel David Martinez, who was born on July 23. He weighed in at 4.85 pounds and measured 18.11 inches long. Daniel is the son, you may have guessed, of Daniel Martinez, who you have heard helping with our Spanish translation on, on these releases and throughout the convention. So Daniel was born to... Uh, Daniel Martinez and his wife, Aleda, 
and uh, I'm told that the family is doing well. So congratulations uh, to Daniel as the newest Daniel Martinez of the National Federation of the Blind. And uh, from Georgia, the president of our at-large chapter of the NFB of Georgia, Nada Watkins, says that congratulations are in order to Briggs, McMillan, and Nishaya Whitehead on their marriage. They were married on July 17, 2021. So congratulations to the newest Federation couple as well. Obviously, there's a lot going on in the Federation. We're starting to have and plan for in-person meetings. We're starting to have seminars planned here at our national office. We have a mentoring event coming up and a leadership seminar, and we have an affiliate visiting in September. So many things happening. I encourage our chapters and affiliates to continue to make informed decisions about in-person meetings, to be flexible, and to make sure that we're finding ways to include people in the work that we're doing, but also keep people safe. I do think that there's no true substitute for getting together in person, but we want to make sure as an organization we're doing that responsibly. So I'd encourage you to do that. I know that uh, many of you might be getting ready to go back to school or getting in that last minute summer vacation. So stay safe. And before We get to the end of the release. We're going to have the customary endings for the August release. Let's go build the National Federation of the Blind. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Riccobano, and I'm going to tell you a joke. What did the hurricane say to the coast? I don't know. What? I got my eye on you. Hi, I'm Oriana Riccobano, and I'll be telling you a joke. In honor of Ice Cream Sandwich Day, what is the best snack while you're watching a scary movie? I don't know. What? Ice cream. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you a joke. Knock, knock. Who's there? August. August too. Augustus was a Roman statesman and military leader who was the first emperor of the Roman Empire, reigning from 27 BC until his death in AD 4. The preceding message was brought to you by Mark Riccobono, President, National Federation of the Blind, Office of the President at nfb.org, 410-659-9314, www.nfb.org. Let's go build the National Federation of the Blind.